something that will literally push you over the edge. Window blind. Window blinds. If they are like the older ones, when you pull the string, it'll turn into like some kind of weird ass knot. And then they're like sitting sideways. That's, I think they should give people mm-hmm. a set of blinds oh God. to operate right before their work interview. Okay. Oh <laughs> and they're like, or give them like a technical issue. Yeah. And they're all like, <laughs> speaking of technical issues. Yeah, no. People would be like, I'm just going to live off Medicaid and all this other stuff then. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's good to like test their patients. Like, exactly. That's hands. what I mean. Like, it just throws them off completely. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, so, welcome to the Tragedy Academy, a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. We are joined today by Angelica Lara. How you do today, Angelica? I'm great. How are you? Thank you for having me. I am doing well. Gary is here today. What's going on, brother, in the studio in Vegas? I'm doing good. And the camera just moved, so I cannot see you anymore. Look at that. That's probably because I hit it with my hand. Uh, there's like a red button, like tapped. It's like, it'll say tap something. Oh, yeah. I know. I know what it's doing. It just keeps resetting itself on there. It's fine. So welcome to Tech Talk. Yes. Um, We're here to talk about the new OBS podcast. No. (laughs) Um, We're actually talking to Angelica, who is a wellness influencer. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful. I'm so excited to be here and just be in this type of platform and and talk to you guys today. Well, I'm super appreciative because you took this last minute. Yeah. Um, We had some uh, calendar changes, the holiday. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't be more excited to have you in here. Um, I was looking through all of your social media. And I was just, I just told Caroline before we uh, jumped on here that uh, she's my spirit animal. <laughs> like, if I had to pick a spirit animal, it'd be you. <laughs> so I'm like a bald ego. Is that what it is? No, <laughs> <laughs> no it, I, you know, so elephant in the room. Yeah. With society now, it seems so weird that we would even have a question, but you don't have. No, I don't. Do you want to talk to us about that? Because it's going to be a part of what we're going through anyway. Of course, of course. Um, You know, since I was 18, I had to deal with a lot of medical issues. So Mm -hmm. I was in and out of surgeries, treatments, and hospitals. Um, And it would cause me some of those treatments to uh, gain 11 to 18 pounds per week, which, you know, said something, right? How many times do you gain 10 pounds a month? And then... Head meds. Right. I had that happen to me. Uh, like I took a certain uh, a couple of different uh, mental health medications that went like, I mean, apeshit. Right, right. And then at the end of the month, you're like, okay, I got I to gotta do something, right? But imagine if on Monday you weigh 150 and on Sunday you weigh 168 and you look at yourself in the mirror. How, how would you talk to yourself? What kind of conversations would you have mm. when you're looking at yourself in the mirror? What kind of affirmations, if any, right? None. And so um, I went through a lot of things medically. And at the age of 25, I had a major surgery. I could no longer have kids. Mm. So sorry. No, it's okay. I have my son. He's 17, you know, thriving. I love him. Uh, you know, all of, the, all of the great things, you know, that come with it and the hard things that come with it. Um, but what it ended up doing was speeding up something that would have happened well into my elder age, you know, mm. 80s. You so know, it kind of forced your hand to address something up front. That part, that part. I always had like thin hair, but, mm-hmm. you know, you just comb it a little bit different, nothing crazy. Um, but when I was 25, it sped it up. And I remember I had spent two years where I did not go to the beach or to the pool and put my head underwater because I would stand in front of the mirror, had no hair in the front. There were patches that were missing. And so what I would do is 
I would grab a brush and I would grab eyeshadow and I would paint onto my head. So it made it look like I had hair. But what it's I'd, amazing what we'll do. It's so crazy. To fulfill that character requirement that our mind has created, our ego. That, that we're not relevant or we're not lovable for the simple fact that there might be a little brightness between our hair follicles. That part. That part. It, but I think for me, what, what was hard was that I couldn't have any more kids. And now I had lost my hair. So my femininity, femininity. Yeah, yeah, my femininity really suffered. And I really struggled with that. Um, you know, seeing my body go through all of these changes and now seeing my hair go through all of these changes. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so I'm just standing in front of this mirror looking at myself, you know? And I remember there's a video that I share throughout my, my social media of me standing in front of the mirror and I was like moving my hair, my little three strands of hair around, you know? And I was, <laughs> it probably gave you a little bit of um, empathy for those men that we've seen out there that have like the mega comb. There's yes. like three hairs that are like tickling their left ear from the yes. right. And you're like, just give it off, just you know? Stop. Just stop. <laughs> and so I just remember I was like, I had a conversation with myself and I'm like, okay, do I want to continue to live behind this, this? whatever this is, or do I want to step fully and wholeheartedly into myself and who I am in this present moment? Mm. And I told myself, I, I just want to, I want to accept and love me because right now doing the things that I'm doing, it's not leaving room for me to love myself the way I need to. And so um, I ended up uh, having a conversation with my son. He was younger at that time. And he um, ended up going to the barbershop with my brother and, and my son. Both of them went with, with, went with me. And um, I shaved what little bit of hair I had. And I took video of the whole process. I saw that. Yes. And it was an awesome video. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. In that moment, yeah, you know, you're going through all of these mm -hmm. feelings and emotions. And I remember that night I stood in front of the mirror and I just cried. And I cried because I was proud. I cried because I was hurt. I cried because all of these mixed feelings and emotions met in one place at that time. It was over. Yes. That's what people won't realize. Mm -hmm. Because I talk about authenticity and being yourself and that what feels like cliff is actually a curb. You step off of it thinking that there is nothing for me down there. Everybody is going to lambaste me. I have no purpose in being myself. You step off of it and then all of a sudden, there's nothing to hide anymore. No. You went ahead and bared it. So you have to create new things to be ashamed of, which we do. Yeah, <laughs> that we do. But there has to be so much freedom in that you don't have to sit there and paint between the hairs, no. right? That's no. that's painstaking. It is. It is. And and you relive it every day that you do it. Mm -hmm. So instead of spending 30 minutes in front of the mirror doing my makeup, I was spending 30 minutes in front of the mirror doing makeup on my head. And by the time I got to my face, I was like, I'm done. I don't even care anymore. You know, like, I just want to go to work. I just want to do what I, I need to do. I could only imagine. You know? And it got to the point where my skin became raw. You know, like when you fall and you scrape your knee and it's mm. like really hurting. That's how my head was. Because you were putting so much effort into... So much to try to hide it, you know, and the conversations that it would bring about. And if I went to the gym and I started sweating, I was like terrified that you're going to see all this black... Oh, shit. Like the, like the face. old guy that used like the Ogilvy, <laughs> yes. like whatever perm kit. That it's like, kind of leaking down the sideburns. That no, part. you don't want that. No. It's it, not a good look. No. Or, or if you go to the pool and you put your head underwater, all of a sudden you look and there's like a black cloud around you. Oh, uh, that's just because I don't shower. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So. 
for me was a little bit different. You no, know? I understand. And yeah, so, um, yeah, I was just dealing with things uh, definitely differently and showing my son, like, it was important as a parent, you know, I, I, for anybody who has or doesn't have kids. But if you have kids, you know, you want to be an example to your children. You want to show them what it is to overcome things, no matter what that is. Your story may be different than mine, but at the end of the day, we're all working to show people we can overcome, even if it's only ourselves. And so for me, I, you know, I remember having that conversation with my son and my son was like crying. He was younger and he was like, mom, I don't understand. You're such a good person. You do, you do good in the world. Child's eyes are amazing, aren't they? It was, he was, and I remember he was crying and I was like, hey, buddy, I was like, I'm not saying that it's not painful because it is. I said, but and, and maybe in this moment, I don't understand necessarily why I'm, I, I don't believe in going through things, but rather growing through things. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm growing through this right now. I said, but at one point in my life, things will make sense. There's something bigger and greater here that will come about from me having to overcome this. And now I have the plaf conversations with people. I've, I've helped women accept have, this. Have you figured out that you look beautiful, Thank Paul? You. Like yeah. there is, there is, you know, I can't see you with, with hair. <laughs> like this, I mean, Gary, am I wrong? I mean, this is amazing. It's okay. Yeah, I thought it was, I didn't do my research and I apologize, um, but I thought it was a choice. Like, I just thought that's how you rocked it because it was good and you had the confidence and just I didn't even, actually didn't even think about it at all, really. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think uh, I have a good friend, he was on our show and he mm -hmm. just wanted to get hair transplant surgery overseas somewhere. And I yes. uh, shaved his head for the first yes. time. And uh, his wife and like everyone's <laughs> like, looks great. Like, why didn't you just like yeah. fuck the surgery that you came over here for? And, and I agree. I was like, dude, you should mm. just keep it like that, man. He said, well, I just spent all this money in this. I mean, it looks painful as hell. And he just, you know, he had a nice head yeah. of hair and he's like, a, he's a performer and he just never shaved it ever. So he just thought it was going to be bad, you know? And, it is. It's not. I've, I've kept my yeah, hair short like, forever. I very rarely know where um, he gets so mad. It's like, whatever. He gets I mean, mad because I always wear hats. And like, I thought he was bald for the first year I knew him. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, and he gets his hair cut like Every three times weeks. a week too. Really? Every time I, he's like Every at the, hair, at the barber well, shop. You have a short. Like, what are you doing? Now? Like, yes. What's under there? Do you let it get yeah. over a it certain like length, it's more or do you than feel that, like but... a cotton swab or something <laughs> weird? Like after a certain amount of hair, it becomes like it becomes like a doll. Right. right. <laughs> like, well, actually, it doesn't really grow yeah. much more than it is right now. Oh, it's like convenient. a little fuzz, right? And oh I gosh. actually dyed my scalp blonde because it's black. Oh. But when it's black, then you can see the spots that are missing. And so I dye it blonde. Because be I always fastest wanted, dye job ever. Listen, I always wanted to be a blonde. So when I didn't have any, I was like, oh, it's my moment to shine. You well, know? You're, you're Colombian, correct? Right, yes. Very proud Colombian. <laughs> oh you God, wear yes. that heritage right out there for everybody. Yes. To see. My wife is Colombian oh as well. My, my father-in-law really? is from Bogota. He came here as an immigrant <laughs> as well. Okay. Um, and that was something that we were going to talk about. You come from a family of immigrants, correct? I do. I do. I was born in Colombia, uh, Iwage, Tolima, which is about three hours from the capital, Bogota. I, I thought you said Enrico Montoya. I was like, or Enrico Montoya. I was like the six That is now. <laughs> okay. Check in. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I was, um, yeah. I was about eight when I came here, but my mom, there was an opportunity when I was around six for her to come to the U.S., um, and so in order to take that opportunity, she had to leave both my brother and myself in Colombia. Mm. Because as a parent, you're going to put yourself and see, is this a safe, like the dream? That this is a story of me. a lot of immigrants. Yes. They, they, they requires a certain amount of people to take that first step and set up in order to bring the rest. That part. It takes the decision of one person to change the trajectory of many. 
Beautiful. You know, and that, and, and it took me a lot of years to realize that, you know, and it, it wasn't literally until I became a mother that I was like, oh, a lot of things make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I, I whined a lot. <laughs> you know, like it, to me, that's, that's, that's love that you're, you're willing to break your own heart, that you're willing to do all of these things mm. for your kids. That's, that's a, that's a deep love. Breaking your own heart. Yes. That's a very heavy statement. To think about that, that requires you to forego the things that make you feel human. Mm. Self or connection with family and friends and culture and location, the the place that we derive all of our meaning from. That part. And to plan it somewhere else. My father-in-law was on the show um, a long time ago. He was a streetballer in New York when he came here. Gary was so excited um, (laughs) because he loves loves basketball and streetball. Um, and he talked about coming from Colombia and what it was like to be alone, being awesome. on a plane to plane. Cause he like landed in like the Bahamas and got on another junky ass plane mm-hmm. to get to New York. And then the guy that was supposed to meet him wasn't there. And he's standing outside of an apartment hiding from the cops because oh he doesn't gosh. speak English. And yeah. all sorts of yeah, it's crazy. I was like, if you put this many steps between a regular American and their citizenship, They'd be fucked. Yeah. Like nobody would do it. No, no. And and the thing was like, for me, um, I actually yeah. thought it was a dream that I had uh, because although I've done a lot of healing in my life, that's still a, an area of my life that I haven't mm-hmm. tapped into. And the core memories are so embedded deeply within me that I'm not willing to visit them just yet. At mm-hmm. one point, I've done a lot of other healing before I can get to that one, right? And so... Um, I remember talking to my mom one day and I thought it was a dream until I realized it was a core memory. Uh, when I was six that she was leaving to the U.S., my uncle came to the house to pick her up and I live, and my grandmother was there. I was supposed to be asleep, but I was awake, right? Mm-hmm. And so she tells a story that uh, she was getting ready to leave and my uncle was, you know, helping her go out of the house. And I wrapped my body around her leg and I was holding onto her leg mm-hmm. and I was telling her, please don't leave me. I knew something. Like, I didn't know, but, but I knew. But in the same time, I knew... The gravity is there. Yeah, I knew something was happening. Something big was unfolding. Don't give children the credit no. that they deserve no. because they're not wearing as many lenses as we are. That part. Just because lenses represent experiences and growth, the lack of them also get, lends credit to the ability to see things without having implicit bias or any kind of jealousies no. or tainted thoughts. No. Children see purity. They see things at face value. Why are you doing that when this is here? Like simple things. I, remember, I, heard this, I saw this video where this little girl was like, why do we eat chickens if they make eggs on their own and we're allowed to eat them and nobody dies? And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I was like, don't say things like that that make sense. But it's true. She's like, why are we killing chickens? They make an endless amount of eggs. That part. I was like, oh, man. It makes sense. <laughs> no, it makes sense. And, I, and, 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 you know, we talked about that moment, you know. And so she says that, you know, I was crying. I was telling her not to leave. And my uncle and my grandmother both literally had to rip me off my mom. Mm. And my uncle took my mom and put her in the car and started driving before she could change her mind. And she says that she was driving. It was past two blocks and she could still hear me screaming Mm. and yelling to her, please don't leave me. Don't abandon me. Come back for me. Mm. And I thought that was a dream. 
until we later talked about it. And I was like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not. <laughs> Great that we had this conversation. I'm not ready to like go any deeper than that part of it at that mm. time. You know what I'm no, saying? Like, we, those things are locks in a line of locks. That part. Right? Like, I talk about passing out keys. Like, we say things as a wellness influencer and somebody that speaks about mindfulness and right. meditation and, and all those things. We, I'm trying to think of how to explain this. You know, we have an onus to explain things to people a certain way. And we don't take the time or we do take the time to see how other people's experiences are impacting them in a different way than they impact us. We have to review the information. We have to take it in. You being a wellness advocate and talking to people and seeing the things that they're going through, you have to draw on your experiences. In order to make everything work for you, you have to draw on your experiences just like anybody else would. You know, and that's why when my father-in-law came on, just to kind of loop back, right. when he came on and he was explaining all those things, it gave me a different level of respect for him and that experience. And then hearing you look through those core memories, like that's a rope. I explain it all the time. It's a rope and we tie knots in it. And that situation is a knot in your rope, sure. right? And I tell people, you know, that we have a, a choice, not necessarily as a child, but later in life, that when we approach those moments that require a knot to either put in our rope or to complete the experience, you get two choices, knot or living, one or the other. You leave the knot, it's there for the next one and the next one and the next one. Right? What is going on here? I, I got a warning, and it said the host needs to stop recording and hit some optimized something, and then it kicked me out. That's okay. You're still here. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're kicking me. I'm sorry. This is it. Yeah, no, that's it. No. So I guess what I'm trying to say is nah, I kind of lost where I was going because well, <laughs> jumping if, around. If, if I may. Okay. Yeah, please. So let me just say so. Then my mom left, right? I didn't see my mother for about a year and a half. My brother and I didn't. Um, my father was still in Columbia, but I lived with my grandparents. And so a year and a half later, about a year and a half later, my mom came back to Columbia to get us. Mm -hmm. But in order to get us, she had to lie to my father because she had to have a notarized paper. When we went outside a certain parameter in Columbia, he had to approve for us to leave that mm. parameter, right? And so I don't remember exactly what she told him, but I believe it was something along the lines of, hey, I'm going to take them on a week vacation to here yeah. and then I'll bring them back. But my father didn't know that what he actually signed meant he wasn't going to see his children for the next 10 years. And so I dealt with losing my mom for that year and a half. And then I lost my entire family for 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Well, those first seven years is kind of where I've heard that mm -hmm. line is drawn somewhere around there. Kind of even goes along with chakras, but that's a right. whole other mm -hmm. discussion. But that first seven years is all of our core memories, is all the things that create who we are. Mm -hmm. It's those layers that are given to us by society, by our parents, all those things, the experiences that we go through. And then they do, they get a lot. Because there's a moment in time where we go from being a child to an adult. Yes. And when I say that, I don't mean 18. I mean innocence. I mean when that door sl it'll either slam shut or you'll be walked through it, one or the other. And if it's slammed shut, it creates a whole different set of issues down the road. 
where you're completely alienated from who you were as a child or what your original self was intended to be for the simple fact that you're trying to protect yourself right? through those things. And it probably created so many rights in your family, you know, and how would you know? That part. You can't know until you know. That part. And even when you know, you don't always know how to process that because you're like, wait a minute, I've never dealt with this before. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is untreaded territory. Like, how do I deal with this? How do I, how do I move forward with this? How do I, how do I forgive? You know? That's a hard one. That, and, and it is hard because I had to forgive my mother mm-hmm. and I had to forgive my father. Mm-hmm. Because they, you know, so many times we feel like our parents have all the answers, but our parents are just as human as anybody else. And we forget that, you know, and we crucify them. Because we believe that they have to have it all figured out. They can't make mistakes, mm-hmm. you know? And the truth is they do. Like, they're human. We're sitting here talking about core memories and things that we went through. And we forget that they have those as well. Yeah. And they, and they have a right to be forgiven. And you have a right to forgive yourself. 100%. You know, because it's it's like I said, it's untreaded territory and you don't know what you're necessarily dealing with. So I've definitely, I'm grateful for all of those experiences and challenges and trials and tribulations because it made me better. You know, um, I know what it was to be hungry at one point in my life, mm-hmm. what it was to be cold at one point in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like all of these things, we had a 72-hour deportation notice. You know, all of these things that took place and it's like, now that I'm here, like, I'm I'm here to 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 not just leave a footprint, but live a, leave a legacy. You know what I'm saying? I've always said like I want to be written about in history books. Ooh, you that's know? that's a risk, man. It is. Like, yeah, it's like kind of like don't be a meme. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's yeah. that's one of my goals yeah. in life. Is yes. right, right. Gary, what are you? Uh, my goals in life. Yeah, go ahead. To make you a meme. Oh, to make me a meme? You've made me <laughs> yeah, memes so, so many times. Me. He sends me things of myself as a meme. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're usually pretty good, though. Yeah, they are good. But, <laughs> I mean, like, they're meant to be positive in some way. But maybe I'll get a good one when you're so funny. You, you know, when you smash that Azabot camera. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to punch the bejesus out of it. I don't know why it keeps moving. <laughs> Uh, like yeah. I keep trying to figure out how to like, turn it off while we're talking, and it is not working out for me. It just keeps wanting to point at me. And I think there's hand signals, thing. and like when you do a certain thing, it like thinks you're. Oh, it's picking up my hand gestures. Ah, uh, so. it, it's got that function. We just got these, oh, so it's like, so and I talk like I'm a yeah, Italian grandma. It's waving my hands in the air. I normally do too. I normally do too. So I got yeah, it. I think I don't know. There's there's new AI tracking on these mm-hmm. that I haven't tried to turn on or off, and I, I don't move much, so it's not. Yeah, this camera definitely deal. has more functions than I need, but it's also very clear and it works great for the scenario. That's why we have them. Yeah. Um, that's a plug for Obsbot. Obsbot. They just came out with the Tail Air. I can't afford it. and gary is trying to make the uh sink wash his hands like you know you wave your hands underneath the sink for like half an hour to try to get something (laughs) welcome again to tech talk um yeah they can't get that thing to work though that sink thing like i've never been like first try the water just comes out what is up with that 
Why is it like, so damn difficult? I don't know. Like we can, yeah. we can walk through doors in the grocery store for how long, but we can't simply have like a little wave right under no. a faucet. No. And then no, you end up doing that hand jive thing for like ten minutes, and oh, then yeah. as soon as you're moving, it goes. Damn you're like, jive. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Remember, it's like we had to do that. And like, I took this one dance class once after karate class. Oh, like, you was, took a dance class. I did. Were you oh, any good we, at it? No, I was not. <laughs> Lack of confidence. But that is what it is. It's always yeah. a lack of confidence. Look at the uh, and I'm white. the eighth grade floor. Everybody's oh. in a circle. Everybody's on yeah. the outside looking in. Who's going to be the first one? Oh, I was. I no, not I me. was. I was. I will. I am still that person. I, oh, I am now. Well, I don't give two <laughs> shits as long as it's not a selfie video. I don't know what it is. I can't do that. No, I love it. I you 100 percent dance like that though. Oh, I dance. Jay dances like black people making fun of white people. Yes. I guarantee it. I do. I do dance like yeah. black people making fun of white oh, people. Oh, boy. <laughs> it, it, I've, I had a lot of talk about this with a dance instructor once, and it's it comes from, like, insecurity. White yes. people dance like that because when we start to dance, we like, make fun of ourselves because we know we can't dance. We, like, dance all stupid like that, and then we just never stop doing that. No. Well, we forget that there's like, a million different forms of dance, and it's self-expression. Yeah. So yeah. to not be cool doesn't mean, you know, or to be cool doesn't mean you have to, yeah. you know, do a certain type of dance. That part. Right. There's a lot more to it. We just don't accept it because of toxic masculinity. And or femininity. Yeah, <laughs> and white people just really suck at dancing too. <laughs> it's true. I've met some I, I, I didn't like a hundred white people weddings. though that can pop lock and drop it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Eminem can rap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean it's the uh, it's the norm. You're right. Now uh, we like, we joke around about stereotypes yeah. a lot because you know why not? But <laughs> he is correct that for a reason. He's, yeah, most white people can't dance. They just can't. <laughs> I, I, my mom just, ran the what? wedding center at our church for thirty five years, and every time I was in trouble, I had to work the weddings, which was a lot, believe it or not. And uh, I had to bust tables and and uh, do the dishes. And in the ten years that I probably worked there, I saw maybe like six people that could dance yeah. decently. Oh, that's like, a lot of chicken dances, dude. <laughs> so many. Yeah, like, yeah I can't, that's where I draw the line. When oh, we got yeah. married, I was the one thing that was off the table. There'd be no chicken dancing <laughs> at our wedding reception. Just no. it happened. <laughs> And then, like, the cha-cha slide is so much different at a black wedding than a white wedding. Holy crap, it wedding, is. It's, it's two like, totally different things. It, yeah, it's, like, cool. And, like, it's, like, a, their dance. And, like, wedding, white wedding is so terrible. Yeah. Black wedding, it's, like, impressive. Like, the white wedding, you're like, stop. Okay, why is this song so long? People like, are running into each other. Stuff. You're like, no. It's very yeah, robotic. <laughs> so much. You can, yeah. you can see white people counting steps yes. in their head. Yes. That's, like, when I, I teach people how to dance bachata. <laughs> Uh-huh. And bachata is a four steps, you know? And I'm like, okay, it's going to be one, two, three, four. And then I like only say it for so long and then I stop, but you can see that they're going. One, Their three, eyeballs three, are doing one, the calculator. Two, three, <laughs> There's no rhythm. Yeah. If you're counting, you don't have rhythm. Could you imagine like, that would be like playing the drums and having to call out everyone you hit. That part. Like, what are they from? Camera like that. <laughs> oh, the camera like that too. It the camera loves like your air drums. And I do it all no, it, Good it, thing this it, is it, just one of the live cameras. This isn't the one that's uh, yeah. recording our show. No. Oh, yeah. That, I don't, I'm not losing my mind over it for that simple fact. Why does it yeah. keep tracking? It's so weird that it keeps going back to it on its own. And we're still talking about and it on the show. And as the if tap it's, lock is the tap lock red or No, gray. I turned it off, man. 
and then it goes back. And then is a standard headroom motion underneath? Bro. You might have different Yeah, uh, it's a different camera. This is a tiny one. two. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing? All right. Just let's switch it. it up a little bit. Okay. I want to talk about coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about how we get through seeing, you know, ourselves in this situation where I'll give you an example or a relatable scenario for okay. myself. You you were very candid about what you went through and what it's like to stand there and try to cover up self, mm-hmm. right? Obsessively, because it becomes an obsession. For sure. And the reason why I know this is when I was in high school, I had something called gynecomastia, which is like a forming of like breast tissue in a male uh, during puberty. Yeah. And I did anything I possibly could to hide that. Mm. Under any circumstances, no matter where it was, what I was wearing, how I stood, what I looked like, every picture, every moment of the day, it became an you. entire world right. that nobody else was invited to. Mm-hmm. No one knew it even existed. And that's very painful. It creates neuroses. It creates a lot of self-loathing. Um, for me, it took meditation. Um, and self-love. Once I realized that I didn't deserve to be talked to the way I was talking to myself, then I could start turning a corner. And the analogy that was given to me that kind of brought that into light was, if you had a roommate living with you, would you say all of the self-deprecating things to your roommate insults, whatever the thoughts are that we have, because we're horrible to ourselves, who would you be? And would you say those things to another human? Fuck no. No. You'd be a psychopath, right? Nobody wants to hear that. You'd be like, what are you fucking doing? Why are you saying that to them right now? Like, are you you serious? This is like some kind of concentration camp or a weird POW situation. You're, that line is just running through the head. You don't do that, Mm -mm. right? And it's, it was finding that self-love and turning that corner that allowed me to realize that, A, that didn't matter. And B, that if someone didn't like me for who I was or how I looked, that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because it's a filter. Mm-hmm. I told a young gentleman that got a tattoo under his eye. He was upset shortly after doing it because he said people were looking at him differently. I was like, dude, you did yourself a fucking favor. Right. I was like, you had the balls to put a filter on your face. Because if anybody looks at you and doesn't like a stupid diamond or judges you for that, they're a piece of shit. Like, who needs them in their life? Get, step, walk off. Like, you just saved me. Well, you might as well just wear one of those red hats with four letters on the front of it around Florida. I'm like, I'm cool with that. Wait, because then I don't have to sit down with you. Right. I already know in advance. Right. So... For yourself, there has to be that moment besides shaving, you know, and and coming to that realization. There's there's a lot of time that leads up to that where we get tired, Mm -hmm. where we run out of the energy to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. What is it like? How are you coping with that coming down the stretch? I don't feel like there's any right way um, to cope with that. Um, And as you grow through your experiences, you may deal with it differently throughout different stages of it. So there's not like one clear way to do it. 
But I do know that in order to be yourself, you have to be yourself at the expense of what other people will think of you. And that's not, and that's not a price a lot of people are willing to pay. Because we hold our self-value in the viewpoints of others and ourselves. That or how part. they view us. Yeah. That part. Okay, I want to find a partner. Oh my gosh, well, my partner, I can't have kids. That's already something, right? My mm. partner loves hair and I don't have any, right? But if, I, if I'm going to be myself wholeheartedly, it has to be at the expense of what other people around me think. What do I think about me? How do, how do I love me? How do I show up for me? How do I nurture me? A lot of times we look for happiness as something external and we don't realize that it's something within. And so we go looking for that and longing for that and other people and experiences mm. when we've had it within ourselves the entire time. But Because we didn't take that time to, to, to show ourselves that. You know, I just feel like for me, there was definitely no right way to get there. Um, I just know that I had to have a lot of come to Jesus moments, you know, where I had to sit my ass down and I'm like, girl, shut up. Mm. shut up. There were so many times that I was talking to myself in such a bad way. And you would just hear me go, shut mm. up. Just shut up. I don't want to hear you. I don't, I don't, like I would have to tell myself to just shut up. I couldn't hear, I couldn't, it, the, the noise was so loud. It was drowning who I was. So you're describing a pivotal moment for a lot of people where you told yourself to quiet down. There are other people that would utilize something or a substance or some kind of habit that is detrimental to themselves because of the fact that it numbs or quiets or quells those thoughts. Um, we get so wrapped around the fact that people have an addiction that we forget mm-hmm. that there is a root cause mm-hmm. to anything and everything. And that is how we cope in a lot of scenarios. It can be food. Mm-hmm. It can be clothing. It can be so many things, hoarding, whatever yeah. it is. You know, we come up with all these different masks. And it doesn't even have to honestly be one, like anything in particular. Like uh, it could just be the way we talk to ourselves. It's an addiction to belittle ourselves, to to talk negatively about ourselves. Say that again. Like it's Seriously. <laughs> Because I don't think people register that. No, they don't. And that, that's the thing is like everything is a choice. If you're having a moment where you're having negative thoughts and you turn that volume up, you chose to turn the volume up to the negative thoughts in your mind. Check your addiction location too, because it might be the negative thoughts. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not like people think addiction and they're like, oh, it's got to be food. It's got to be, you know, uh, heroin or heroin or something. It doesn't have to be anything that drastic. You can literally cure yourself, kill yourself and cure yourself with your thoughts. A lot of people don't want to hear that. No, they don't because they feel like it's it, it's got to be something. I got to be able to take a medicine. I got to be able to go out, do something. No, no, you got to be able to... The external work is great. But what about the internal, the deep work? That's the one that will get you further. The thought that I had was, why would I expect someone else to waste their time loving me if I didn't find myself worth loving? That part. If I can't love myself, what the fuck do I expect somebody yeah. else to? Yeah. That's like eating peas and, you know, it tastes like shit yeah. and expecting everybody else to, you know, come in on it. Now. Or, 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 and this is like one of my favorite thing. Things. What happened? I lost met the peas one. Yeah, I started I to say something and I stopped. I feel like my... Yeah, okay. I hate peas, so... <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Peace. I do hate peace too, by the way. They're yeah, disgusting. They smell like an I ashtray. I literally want to fling them at people when they what? put them in food. <laughs> That's so gross. 
And I grew up peas? on a lot of Spanish food, and there's a lot of peas sitting in all uh, roast campollo. It's yeah, floating around in there. That it. olives too. I don't eat those. Oh, really? I don't mind the olives, but my grand, uh, my aunt used to make a potato salad, and she would put peas in it. I'm like, that's like putting Ew. raisins in it. What are you Ew, doing? Oh. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm gonna punch your chicken salad sandwich <laughs> if there's grapes and water chestnuts in that shit. Don't give me your weird ass. That's a that's a white full one. of mayonnaise. Though. Grapes in the chicken yeah, but salad it's full is of a mayonnaise white thing. already. Uh, yeah, mayonnaise is a white thing. The mayo, as long as it's under control, is fine. But don't <gasps> add like your crunchy ass water chestnuts and your other weird <laughs> shit yeah, to my food. Uh, I mean, maybe simple. once in a while, something something that you're oh. like, wow, that's an unexpected like. Do that yeah. at the competition. <laughs> Not when I'm hungry. He <laughs> seems so like just, neutral to me. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like a neutral flavor. Just don't what sh- is. <laughs> Peas just seem like a neutral flavor. Like if they're in there, no, it doesn't no. like, it's it's like pickles taste. where everything tastes like bagels. No. Put a pickle on a burger, you just taste the Like I grew up around a smoker as a kid. Can and you smell peas? Yes. I can too, and it pisses me off. <laughs> Fucking gross. They smell like cigarettes. They, like peas know. smell like an ashtray, like an old <laughs> ashtray that somebody's wiped, like tried to clean. Like really? every time I smell like yeah. <laughs> I'm getting mad. The only time I'll eat like these is if they're hiding in fried rice. No, I don't even want them in there yet. I, if I have the choice to pick them without my wife seeing me, then I will. Oh, I will, I will unapologetically <laughs> pick out peas anywhere, any place, anytime. <laughs> I like that. My stepmom used to tell me all the time, she's like, you have to eat whatever you, no. wherever you're at somebody's house. I'm like, and I didn't like that as a kid. I'm like, why would I do that? What if you were at dinner with the president? I'm like, well, if the president handed me something I don't like, I'm just going to tell the president, hey, or I just won't eat it or move on to something else. Trust me, I've been smashing stuff on my plate to make it look eaten for a long time. <laughs> that part. <laughs> like, I know how to make yeah. something look like it was eaten. That part. <laughs> I am with you. You know, I, I eat mostly vegan. And so that's always a like interesting conversation to have with people. You know, they're like, oh, I just made you chicken. I'm like, wow, I'll just take the rice. So <laughs> being vegan, that was uh, part of your life choices when you're going through all these medical uh, okay. scenarios? Yeah, there was so much going on. I look like a Skittles commercial with how many medications I was taking. Oh, I had an alarm for every day of the, the, the day. I felt like every moment I was like, oh. Tasting pain. the rainbow. Oh, my gosh. And then you would go to the doctors and you're like, this is going on. They're like, oh, well, it's not the medicine. You're like, well, what else could it be? How the fuck would you know? (laughs) Like, how do you know? Like, I'm eating them with milk and a spoon now. Like, you can't figure out which ones are doing what. Yeah, like, I don't know what, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And so for me, I did a lot of research. And, you know, I I went straight vegan for a year. I'm now a newer term called flexitarian, which means I eat mostly vegan, but I have moments where I don't. And it's my choice and I can do whatever the fuck I want without explaining myself mm-hmm. to people. But people feel like you have to. Aren't you oh, vegan? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm Angelica. Nice to meet like, yeah, you know I'm, like, I'm a grown ass woman who will do what I want. Situation dictates. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian and so I'm in the desert with a cow. I'm just saying. Like, like sorry, I'm yeah. eating things today. I, if I'm around my family <laughs> and they're like, oh, I, you know, I'm pizza carne frita, fried steak. Oh, like, no. serve me some. Oh, Chicharron. Yeah. Like, don't leave that. Who wants buy that? No. Like, I, I went to Thanksgiving yeah, right. and they made turkey and they're like, do you want some? I'm like, no, thank you. That's a like, bird I can pass up yeah. on. Like, I don't understand if you pulled that dumpster chicken and put it on a fucking plate. It's dry. It's old. It's yeah. fat. It doesn't. No. No. I used to eat it. And it's got testicles hanging under its chin. Yeah. yeah it's, they're okay. It's not, they're not gross, but they're not my first choice. 46 I mean, million chickens we ate this, uh, in this Thanksgiving. I, 46 I million? 46 million in America Jesus. is how many 
people How much toast did we eat? <laughs> what, uh, what like three we pounds <laughs> total. <laughs> you should be asking how much tofu got thrown away. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, not there's a lot of kids that push yeah. that off to the corner yeah. of the plate. I, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like... It tastes like what it is. It whatever is. you soak I, it in. If it's, when people are like, it's disgusting. I'm like, yeah, but if you cook chicken with nothing on it, is it going to taste good? Like it just, you have to like season your stuff. So you bring up a great point. We had somebody on the show that said exactly that in regards to meat versus flavor. Yeah. And they were like, do you know that the flavor of your food comes from plants, mm -hmm. not from meat? Because mm -hmm. like you said, if I cook a piece of chicken with no seasoning on it, it's just disgusting. besides being white, it's, <laughs> it's, disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting. It's yeah. just a hunk oh, that's of... Ba that's bacon on the phone. Bacon would like to talk to you about this. Well, bacon is the <laughs> only one, but see... Bacon is so good, it's banned in religions. Like, yes, it's true. Damn. Like, you think about that, you're so right. You're so right, though. Bacon tastes that good that it causes people to have to fucking take vows. It's true. It's true. It is very true. Spices are everything, though. Like, they, I don't know if you remember. Like, they did a thing on Twitter, like, a couple years ago, and it's like, black people got to ask white people all these questions for the first time. And they're like, why did you raid the whole entire world for spices and then never use any of them? Sporting up with Lowry's. That's true. Like, yeah. why do you only yeah. use salt and pepper? What's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> like, occasionally, like, little garlic powder. Like, yes. onion yes. powder. But, like, yeah, that's all this stuff. Yeah. yeah it's, no. That's pretty good. It's all so, about the spice, though. That part. It's definitely <laughs> um, But to go back to what you asked for me, um, there was so much going on that I did a lot of research and um, every, I felt like every time I went back to the doctor, she's like, let's try this new thing. Let's try this new thing. And I'm like, I am not a fucking puppet. No, don't try anything mm. else on me. Like, I'm done. Like, let me figure out what I need to do. There you go. And so I did a lot of research and it all pointed to going vegan. And I was like, you know what? I've tried everything. Treatments, surgeries, all this. What do I have to lose to try to go vegan? Like, you know, like, let me just do it. Pizza. So for <laughs> yeah, right. So for an entire year, <laughs> I went so straight vegan. And that was hard as shit. Because I grew up all around how to cook regular ass meat and all this other stuff. So having, like, I had to reteach my, I didn't even know that condiments, that spices were not vegan until I became a vegan. And I was uh, like, what the, who, who puts bacon in this? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my God, that would drive me insane. It was really hard. I was reteaching myself that, right? So I went vegan for an entire year and I decided to invest in my nutrition. And that's when I got into the wellness part of things, right? And so I did that like religiously for an entire year. And on the, I told myself, I'm going to give myself one year. And that's what I told the doctor. I sat her down and I said, you have one year, one, 12 months of my life to either fix what's going on or on the 12th month, I am done. I'm cutting off all medications. I'm not coming back to you. I'm done. Good for you. And she was like, well, I was like, I'm not, this is not a discussion for you. <laughs> I'm just letting you know how much time you have. And so on the end of that year, all my blood work was normal. Everything was good. I was able to get off every single one of my medications, every single one of them. And the doctor was against it when I told her I wanted to go vegan. She was like, no, you shouldn't. And I was like, I'm not asking for your opinion. I'm letting you know this is what I'm doing. I don't know if that's going to affect anything that you're doing. I don't really care, but I'm letting you know this is what I'm doing. And so I, I realized, man, I feel amazing. Like, I look amazing. I started losing weight. You couldn't tell me shit, you know? <laughs> all, all just by advocating for yourself. For myself. You know, yeah, someone explain. Go ahead, Gary. 
the doctors don't know. They didn't do research in no. that topic at all. I guarantee they have no study in nutrition and that level. They're just like, they just make shit up. And then not to completely hijack the uh, conversation like, no, like you, but I just watched this thing where they're like tracking back people's medical history to like the first medicine that they took. And then that raises their blood pressure. So yeah. they have to take a blood pressure medication and that blood pressure medication fucks with their thyroid. And I got to fuck with the thyroid medication and that thyroid medication fucks with their sleep. So now they got to take mm. a sleep medication and that gets bad skin. So now they got to yeah. fucking put some shit on. It's like, it all went back to that one medication that yeah. they didn't even know if they needed or not. They just took a shot at it because, you know, it's one of these three things might help you. Let's start with this one. You well, know, that's what all they do. Crazy. Medication should not be permanent. That's no. the biggest thing. I'm an advocate for mental health medications. I think that they have a place. I think all medications has a place. A place in time. That part. And it allows you the ability to take a moment and assess your situation and come up with the right mechanisms to take care of yourself or to figure out what's causing the overall issue. If you get put on Prozac, Prozac is there to give you a pause from the fucking crazy ass thoughts and mo or mood issues that you have so that you can figure out why you need Prozac so you don't have to take it again. It's a pause. It calms everything. It allows you to look around, take inventory, go, oh, shit. But if you have to keep taking it forever, then you're fucking up the whole scenario. It is. Uh, there's a lot more money to be made from treating rather than curing. Mm. Oh, yeah. There's so much money. The pharmacology aspect of things, oh, they are banking. You know, like you go and you look at an insulin, it takes like, what, $4 to make it? But they charge people like eight hundred dollars. That's that's <laughs> and your a Medicare doesn't, you know. It's like a whole yeah. Mm. It just I'm just saying in general, right? And so that's that's where I was. I was in that circle. I was in that limbo, and I was like, I'm 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 not a test like monkey rat, whatever the hell you want to call. It. I'm not I'm not that. I'm just not built for this monkey rat. I yes. want to meet a monkey rat. <laughs> like monkey rat is my new superhero. I want to meet monkey rat. I am monkey rat. That's how Ninja Turtles came to me. They one experimented on, but they got like something dumped on them, didn't they? Some, yeah, but then you had the rat that yeah, took like care of ooze. them. It was, it was like slime. That's what it was. It was ooze of some sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah there you got go. all the carpet. That's what I was. <laughs> you, you're not wrong. Right? We forget that when doctors leave the room and close the door behind them, they're not cooking up your entire diagnoses and your prognosis and your treatment plan in between there and the keyboard. No, they're going to the keyboard and they're using back then medical Google to look at your symptoms and look it through because if I, I do not want my doctor to know everything mm -hmm. because that means he's arrogant as fuck because <laughs> things always change. Being humble, look it up and tell people you looked it up. Like, that's what they're usually doing. Right. Is they're going, they're looking, they're consulting journals, and they're saying, okay, well, this medication's just for right. this. This symptom goes with this. Yeah. Like, it's 2023, we can do the same yeah. thing. And right? sometimes you need that. You do need that. You need you to be have able to, to have. like, yeah, you need, I mean, we need doctors. I'm not, you know. No, I'm, I'm not saying. That yeah, 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 but I'm saying, but, and sometimes you do need to be able to go back on those journals and be like, okay, because of this study, this is, you know, that's how, that's how we evolve into everything. We should do it as well. That part. Don't expect another person to read your journal and no. tell you how you feel or should feel. That part. Fuck that. Not only that, I feel like, um, I feel like, 
doctors are like relationships. How many times are you going on a date or you meet somebody mm. and you're like, well, they are gorgeous, right? I mm-hmm. can't wait to meet them. And then you meet them and you're like, oh, they are shitty people. Well, they chew with their yeah. mouths open. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I just close your mouth. Nobody's going to stay with yeah. right? Or all these other things. And then you go on different dates until you find a person that you're like, man, that's my person, right? The same thing with doctors. Yeah. Like when you go to a doctor, that's an interview. You may not be the right doctor for me. And Thank I'm going to keep searching until I find. You should be doing right that when you go to get a job. That part. I, listen, why don't people interview jobs? I interview the job. Me I too. always did. Like you, I've already got this job. <laughs> it's whether or not I want to put up with your dumbass. Are yeah. you cool? Yeah. Are you going to be all right? Do I get work-life balance? Like I'll bust my ass for yeah. you, but we need to know this up front. That part. You know, and a lot of people, like you said, they don't do that because lack of self-respect or self-value, they don't realize what they're actually worth, what you bring to the table, that you are perfect. You're perfect. Perfectly imperfect. As long as you know that, then you don't have a standard that you have to uphold. No. You can get up and walk around looking any way you want to look. Right? You do. Look at the office, Mm -hmm. right? Not the show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> the office. You go in and you wear whatever outfit that day. You spend like two or three hours, whatever. If you have OCD, what you know, planning, buying. If you combine all these things, picking out your one outfit for a party or a meeting or a day or whatever it is, you go in there and you strut. I did it. I wore my stuff and I go home that night. Ask yourself, sans Carl with the yellow pit stain shirt that's always there. Ask yourself what anybody else wore. Mm-hmm. They don't know what you were wearing. Mm-mm. Think that's about it. yourself. You they don't yourself. know what you were wearing. You did all that shit yeah. for everybody else's opinion, and they only cared about what they were wearing. They were saying things about your clothes so you would compliment theirs. How weird is that? That is crazy. Like, I wore this great tie, so <laughs> I'm going to say, I love your shirt. And you're going to pick out what? My tie, because it is the brightest thing on. And then you're going to compliment it, and we're going to stand there together, and we're going to be in this moment. When, in all, for all intents and purposes, it was a fucking stupid exchange that didn't need to exist. That part. That part. Yeah, no, it's funny because now, as a wellness coach, you know, um, I get that a lot. You know, people are like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. My doctor said I couldn't. And I'm like, this, what do you mean your doctor said you couldn't? Yeah, my doctor said my labs are all over the place. I'm like, hold on. Like, but you came to me because you wanted to change your lifestyle. I, I don't believe in like, I don't, 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 don't contact me if you want to diet. I don't, I don't do diets. I do lifestyles. You know what I'm saying? You want, sense. you want to work to change your life for the better. Like, let's talk about that. And if you come to me and you're like, I want to lose weight. I want to gain weight. I want to tone or I want to build muscle. Um, I want you to know it's going to take more than physical. Let's talk about self-development. Let's talk about mindset. Let's talk about the moments that you... Because so many times like people are like, oh my God, I wish I was as motivated as you. I'm like, I'm not motivated. The hell? No. That, that shit ain't never there when I need it. <laughs> it is never there when I need to be motivated, right? And so um, I just feel like, I feel like my story, everything that I've overcome, everything that I've evolved into, everything I've grown through has been able to make me uh, a better human in general, better mother, a better friend, a better sister, a better daughter. Um, but it's also made me a better coach, you know, a better wellness coach. I can uh, I can be sympathetic and empathetic, and I can understand people even when I haven't gone through things, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm I'm also I'm also wise enough to say I don't know everything. 
you know, and to say, hey, I don't know that, that, but let me put you on to somebody who does. Admitting and understanding your capabilities and where your strengths and weaknesses are is actually there's no such thing. There's no such thing as a strength or a weakness. It's knowledge in an area or no knowledge in an area. Mm-hmm. Strength is a title you give to uh, the ability to understand or comprehend something. Whoopity do. Yeah. Oh, that means I'm strong in this area. No, you just have that capability because guess what? There's a neighbor with a puzzle piece that fits in your weakness. Part. It, it is made that way. 100%, it will slide right in there. Yep. So long as that puzzle piece is being itself, and this puzzle piece is being itself. Yeah. They will fit every time. Yeah. No need to brag. No. No. Mm-mm. Because we've all got something in the rearview mirror we don't want anybody to see. Might as well just fucking stay in the now. Let me ask you something. Because I feel like with me um, in the field that I'm in, um, whenever people are around a lot of positivity, it makes them feel like people have an agenda. Do you feel that way? Because mm. sometimes I feel... Okay, let me give you an example. We have like these monthly, uh, we call them mega fit camps, right? People come and we like work out and we do like modifications. There's like music, you know, we're just vibing. It's like energy. I'm all about it. I'm like, "Ah," you know, exactly. (laughs) how are you? You're awesome. You know, like that's me, you know, you're like dying. I'm like, come on, let's go. And so people go there and like, we'll hug them. Hello. I don't care if you're my guest. I don't care if you're somebody else's guest. I'm like, hey, how are you? I'm Angelica. Nice to meet you. I'm so happy you're here today. Like, uh, you know, and you finish a work. I'm like, man, I'm proud of you. You did. You killed that shit. You know what I'm saying? And people are like, what the? You know, and people are not used. They're mm, so used they're to people used being to negative and mean that people feel like you have an agenda when you're being positive and nice. You're not wrong. Okay. Like that part does exist. And I believe that, that you are correct when you explain that. And I'm still doing this hand thing. <laughs> I just noticed that. Yeah. Um, I don't think, uh, probably, I don't think people feel that way about you though, because you could tell that you're not that way. Like about me, I'm usually, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm usually right when somebody's doing that shit Mm -hmm. to me, like you're buttering me up for something. You're about (laughs) to try to sell me something. I could, I could usually see that, but like, I can't see you like, Oh, whatever. And Hey, come sign up for all this shit. You don't need to, like, I don't think you do that. You know, if you recognize that in somebody, it's because you have a hang up inside yourself. Mm -hmm. There's an issue with you and happiness. Mm -hmm. There's an issue with you and feeling comfortable around others. When people show you that level of affection and happiness, if you're not comfortable with yourself, then you're going to push that away. You're going to push it away every single time. You're going to give it labels. Right. When we see happiness in others, we like to put it down. like. When you see a group of people laughing and wiling out, you see that old curmudgeon guy who doesn't like to see them laughing and is talking about how they're laughing. We all know that the curmudgeon dude really just wants to be able to laugh. Mm -hmm. He wants to be as comfortable as they are to act like a fool and laugh as hard as he can. Same person in your gym. They're looking at you. They're not comfortable with their self. So, they're going to give it labels like agendas. They're going to give it labels only for one reason and one reason only to not have to do what you did to get that comfortable with yourself. Agreed. I feel like people personify onto you what they feel about themselves. Always. You know, and I I heard something one day, and I believe it was from um, Lisa Nichols. She says, 
you know, hurt people hurt other people. Don't take it personal. And I was like, ain't that the that's, shit I've that's ever That's the heard? source <laughs> of pain is pain. Yeah. I'm like, it's so yeah. true. I'm like, you know, I and 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 to, to your point earlier that you said uh, just a minute ago, I've had people who come up to me and they're like, well, why are you so happy? Ugh. Why are you always smiling? Like, what what are you so happy about? And I'm like, what are you so yeah, miserable? There's the question. Yeah. Like, that's so crazy to me. I'm like, yeah, life is hard. I'm in pain. I just got out of surgery. Like, I'm at work. I'm trying to figure out how the hell I'm paying my bills. But I'm still smiling. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I, why not? Yeah, like, like, what is frowning doing for you? No. I, Absolutely nothing. We are what we do. Okay. If you are living positively, you will have a positive life. If you expect shit to fuck up, guess what's going to happen? It's going to fuck up. Because we manifest our realities. Everything's a choice. We are talking earlier about trying to understand why people, um, why we have to forgive people. Mm -hmm. Right? Forgiveness is hard to give. Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time, and I still struggle with this all the time, but I believe that at the core of the human experience is the human condition. Mm -hmm. And the human condition is nothing more than a game of make-believe into compounded mental illness. And if I take that into consideration and I say that we're just sitting here making shit up because we don't know what else to do with this time that we're on the rock or in this existence, you know, we're going to continue to make all these scenarios up for the simple fact that we're mentally ill. And when we think about that, and if we place all the people around us that are infracting upon societal situations, or they're yelling, or they're screaming, or they're being this person, put them in a straitjacket. Mm. Or look at the fact that nobody asked to be born. Mm. Right? They say that it's a choice, you know, there's other um, religions and thoughts, and that may be. But for what it's worth, right here now, I don't remember buying the ticket. Right? Right? So why are we yelling at people for being on a train they didn't buy a ticket to, mm -hmm. right? They're trying to solve the destination in route, just like the rest of us. They don't have a starting point. Nobody knows where they're from. Mm -hmm. So the moment that we give that ability to accept people for where they come from without any strings attached, and realize that we're sitting in a roller coaster, right? We're born on a roller coaster in a cart with two people in front of us yelling directions over their shoulders. And then one day they're going to fall out of it. And then we're going to take the stick only to figure out that you couldn't steer the thing to fucking begin with. That part. It was never able to be steered. They thought they were. It was the illusion. It was the illusion of steering, right? When all you had to do from the beginning to the end was just enjoy the ride. That part. Because the roller coaster was going to do a loop whether you were there or not. This is true. <laughs> this is true. And a lot of times that's what people try to do is they try to control the situation. They try to control their emotions. And it's like, I don't know. I just, I know for me, um, one thing that I strive for, and that's a daily goal, is like, I just want to make one person smile. That's it. It might sound corny as shit. Know. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't even care. It could be as corny as you want it to be. But there are so many people that because you smile, their day was different. Because you you said hello. I'm the type. I'm like a little kid. <laughs> I go mm -hmm. out places. I'm like, hi. 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 Everyone. I do that too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hi to everybody. <laughs> As Caroline. Like everywhere. I'm like, hi. Hi. You know? And it's like, you know, I'm the type of person that I'll be out somewhere. I'm like, oh my God, I love your shirt. 
oh my God, I love your dress. I do the same thing. I'm like, I'll put, I'll put my window down. I'm like, oh my God, you look so beautiful today. And people are like, wow, thank you so much. I look for the things I knew or I could recognize that they chose specifically. Yeah. I love when I see someone putting on like, you'll see like the earrings that look a certain way or a pair of shoes that have like something different on. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that I like to point out because I know those are likely the unique things that they, they kept despite the other things, right? Generally, you can find those items. And I love putting them on, just like you said, yeah. because from then on out, they're going to be happy and associate happiness with that particular item, that day, whatever right. it is. A compliment goes so fucking far. It really does. I mean, maybe they got up that morning and got ready and their husband didn't even notice. Their kids didn't even notice. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they, they went above and beyond to do something and no one noticed them. And that's all anybody wants. They want to be heard, seen, and felt. Mm. And a lot of people go throughout their day without feeling any of that. And that void is, you know, like, yes, speaking is loud, but silence is louder. You know? And so that's why when I have people like come over to that like monthly workout, I love exposing people to that. Let me expose you to a different environment, to different people. Let me have different conversations. Let me place you in different rooms. Let me show you what it is to be around good people. People who want to make you do better and be better. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like people, like you genuinely look forward to coming here. You feel recharged when you come here. You know what I'm saying? And it was just a workout. It was yeah. just, that's what people, it's just, or it's, it's not that. It's <laughs> not. It's an exchanging and releasing of dark feeling and energies and... I explain all the time that yoga and exercise is like wringing out a rag that is you. You have to wring out the shit and rinse it and reuse it. You don't get a second rag, mm -mm. right? They might sew some corners on that bitch now for, you know, plastic surgery. But at the end of the day, you don't get a second rag. And if you sit around running your rag through mop water and other shit and never cleaning it out, you stink. That part. You're shit. Nobody wants to be around you. Right. Clean your fucking rag. Yeah. I feel like how many times do you have you like do you hear people they're like, oh God, I just I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Like, don't talk to me. I haven't had coffee. You know, ugh, I just I can't stand people. It's gonna be a bad day. Like even my son, like he's you know, he's a teenager, he's 17. Oh, yeah. So I catch him on moments. Angsty. You know what I'm saying? Like I remember he went to go apply for a new job and like all this shit went on with his old job. And he was like so stressed. And I was like, hey, hey, take a deep breath. I was like, nothing is going to break apart. What is destined for you, no one can take from you. I was like, if this job is meant for you, it's going to take place. And if that one's not, then, you know, just you're good, you know? And I'm like, how many times do people, like, you hear people talk negatively? And I, I just expect great things. I wake up, I'm like, today's gonna be a good fucking day. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, wait, my tire broke? It's gonna, that means it's going to be a great day. Something, yeah, I, that means I'm getting a new car. <laughs> Something's yeah. going to... Right. So when my son was telling me that, I was like, hey, hey, that means it's going to be a great day. He was like, he just like looks at me like, what the fuck? What's wrong with my mom? Like, Nothing. I just expect great things to happen because why not? If the opposite of expecting greatness is expecting disaster, I don't have time for that shit. I only have space in my life for great things to happen and good people to surround me. And if it doesn't happen that way, then I had to grow from it and learn from it. There's no mistakes. You either learn or you grow. That's it. Like, Yeah. Gary? I think I need to do more of that. Like, I expect disaster, like, usually mm -hmm. every day. That's why I said that. Well, I prepare for disaster. Because it happens. Like, well, in my business, it happens every day. There's always some kind of, well, it seems like a disaster. 
For sure. Can I ask you a specific so, question? Yes. When you when you have those moments where you're expecting that, can you tell me what your train of thought is? Like you wake up, right? Not to like dive deep, but I would like to. Yeah. You wake up. What what is your first thought in the morning? Like, do you reach for your phone? What do, what are you doing to fill your cup so that you feel like you're going to expect a good thing? Like, I just want to know what your train of uh, thought is. If if I wake up, the phone's definitely where I go first. Uh-huh. Um, there's usually something I need to handle pretty quickly. It depends. It depends on like. I make television shows for a living. Mm-hmm. So for in the middle of a production of a show, every day is chaos. For the planning, for the editing process, it's not so much. So kind of like it depends where we're at and what deadlines you have and stuff. So if we're in the middle of making a show and we have to hit deadlines and one thing can't you know, happen without us doing something else, then uh, I usually wake up, go right for the phone and start immediately like fixing the disasters from the night before. Um, Stupid meme. Yeah, that's usually sometimes both at the same time. Um, (laughs) So funny. (laughs) I I I try to foresee these things, you know. I guess like I I I like when I'm driving down the road, I could usually tell right before somebody's gonna cut me off or like do something stupid. Foresight's a curse. Mm -hmm. You know, like I usually see that. So I could tell when like, you know, hey, the coordinator decided to let the new production assistant like drive the cast in a van they've never drove before and caroline had it again you know and i'm like okay well what can what could go wrong there you know so so i, you know, I feel like you say, wake up in fight or flight mode though is what mm-hmm. you're what you're describing to me you know and and i could be wrong don't you know but i feel like you you because something that you said which is i wake up oh Something that you something that you said was, you know, I wake Who's that guy? Yeah, I wake up uh the next day reaching for my phone because there's usually something from the night before that I need to fix. Mm. So you went to sleep in flight or flight and fight or flight, and you woke up in fight or flight. Sleep. He crashes, man. This dude like <laughs> he falls out <laughs> after six months of straight awakeness. Yeah. And then collapses. This next day. In six days. Six, six days, day. he rose. He did not rise again. Uh, well, there is like, there's no flight though. There's always fight. And there's never flight. Right. So it's just like, how hard do I run into the mm. burning building? You know, or do I like kind of walk into it? I, I just feel like uh, when you, and and I only say this because I used to be that person that used to wake up just like that. I got, there's something that's going on mm. from the day before that I need to take care of, especially as a mom. Good Lord, especially as a mom. Okay. Um, and so I started, what I started doing was, um, because I would fall asleep with my phone and then I would wake up and that's the first thing that I reached mm. for. So I started moving my phone to my bathroom where I don't have access oh, to Oh, that's it. the only place I use mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's, not, that's, not, that's not a good place for me to have it. Like, especially right when I wake up, because I usually spend about 35 minutes in there when I wake up. So You're so funny, which is, anyway. that's great. But I'm just saying it like in general, like I had to change. It was like little small habits mm. that became a lifestyle that I didn't recognize. You know what I'm saying? And it, and so what it woke me up was an alert, you know, like I woke up an alert. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, so today I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do that. And it's like, what, what about me? Mm. Like, how am I waking up? Like, you know, the first thought when I wake up, I'm like, I don't have my phone on me, right? So the first thought is I'm like, I just wake up. I'm a I'm a I'm a woman of faith. Everybody has like their own beliefs and you know, <laughs> you know. But I wake up and I'm like, hey, thank God for waking me up today. Today's gonna be a good day. You're gonna help me make it a good day, right? 
Yeah, it's gonna be a good day. I love it. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's just, it, it, it does. You don't have to spend ten minutes. You don't have to spend five minutes. Just the thought, just the first thought that you have. You know, when you wake up in the morning and you're like, today's gonna be an amazing day. I claim it. But I own it. Don't you deserve it? Yeah. That's the way I kind of look at it. One of the things that I took up was a morning meditation habit. Um, and that's prior to exercise. That's prior to food. All those things. Because in my mind, it's kind of like walking into one of those phone booths in the 80s on a game show that cash is flying around in. You know, like stuffing it in your bra or your pants, whatever. <laughs> right. You know, like, woo, they give you like a, a little hip thing, whatever. Yeah. The thing is, is if you were to take that phone booth is the mind, and the dollars are thoughts. Hmm. And the ability to go in and meditate in the morning is getting to collect those dollars before they turn on the fan. Hmm. Because Calmly. once those thoughts are up and run, because the thoughts exist regardless. And some people think, oh, i got to stop thinking so much. I'm like, no, you dumb skull. You've got to stop focusing on the ones going by. That part. You're picking literally your problems off a ticker tape. Mm -hmm. The ticker tape never stops. That thing is going to keep flying by, but you're like, uh, pain. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and you're just grabbing them and making them your reality for a time being until another line comes across that thing and then you grab a hold of it. Oh, it's a new world. Mm -hmm. I am now, you know, happy. Right. I found a happy one that went by. But all you're doing is just picking the same thoughts that everybody on the planet share. That part. We're literally yeah, all sharing fun. them all. They're just in a big fucking pot. Mm -hmm. And you reach in and you grab one and you go, oh, I picked this one today. Because it increases your endorphins. Mm. You're used to it. You see, the thing is like at one point, we told ourselves we need to reach for our phone. For the first thing that we do is we need to, we have to, well, people depend on it. We didn't have that. Right. We, <laughs> these damn phones. What, remember when we had pagers? Yeah. Oh, actually, mine was clear. It was so cool. <laughs> mine man. was a clear blue. That was cool. You couldn't tell me nothing. Um, <laughs> but I just feel like. The situation situation's different though. Because like if I don't pick up that call and my boss calls, then I'm fired and then I don't have a house. That's a you know, recognizing like, the gravity mm -hmm. of the scenario. I can't right, imagine that every morning is a wake up it, to. Well, it depends on, you know, what situation we're in. If we're in the middle of, you know, shooting a $10 million TV show yeah. in a couple of minutes, it'd be hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that guy's crazy as hell and does not have the same phone booth that you have in the morning. He just rages, you know, <laughs> like no, I'm working for some people like that. Then you're going to, you know, and if, if you let that fly by, it's just hitting the guy behind you. Yeah. That's got, you know, type of people that just don't answer their phone in the morning yeah. and then. Like somebody else gets stuck with like an even bigger pile of shit to deal with. Right. So, you know, I think it's about trying to get to the point where you don't have to live that yeah. existence, like whatever job you have. But like, sometimes I got to answer that phone right. every day for a month at a time or it's, it, it compounds the problems. And, you know, so I think I definitely go way too far with it. Right. I'm, and I'm sure I do, but sometimes it's just like you're stuck in that situation. No, and I get it. And um, it's not to uh, like diminish the reasons why you do it. it. It's just, it was just a question only because I feel like it's a, it's a small switch that you can do. You know what I'm saying? Like before you go to reach for the phone to pick it up because they're calling, you know, if you just take a yeah. moment to say an affirmation to yourself before you pick up that phone, what difference would that make for you? And at first no, it's going right, to feel yeah. really fake. It's gonna, you're gonna be like, who the fuck am I talking to right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, but our like, personalities are fake. It's yeah. so foul. Yeah. When you tell yourself the same thing 30 days in a row, you're a fucking rocket scientist. It's that part. You believe yeah. it. Like, I'm the shit. 
you know, like yeah. <laughs> on the 30th day, you're I like, do, I am the shit. It's you a know? side effect of make-believe. <laughs> that part. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. what, what would happen if before you pick, it's a split second. What happens if before you pick? That's definitely good advice. Yeah, you just. Because I try to do stuff like that. And then I got Gary's out very of the positive, habit, by would, the way. Yeah, no, I believe that. He shares more yeah. positivity with the world than he does himself. Mm. Um, and yeah, puts their, their happiness ahead of his own. Gary's mm-hmm. the guy that will not buy you something. Mm-hmm. He will make something for you that made him think about you. Mm. Right? Which selfless. is a big difference. Yeah. And all I'm saying is it'd be, it, you deserve the same respect and love, okay. even if it's from yourself. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. You sound and very like, selfless, would, and that's a is. beautiful thing. But sometimes you have to be selfish before you can be selfless. Yeah, I I definitely need to take that. And it's like I know these things, but then in the moment I'm like, fuck it, like I'll just handle it. Right, and then it just like I take on other people's shit yeah. like way more. That's your job. Um, like your job yeah. is to take other people's shit. So like I get it. It, it is I, like I, I'm just and I like translates to everything around me. It's like too much. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I get but, it. But that's uh, that's the human experience, right? Yeah. I mean, we're going through this every day. People need to hear this because we're talking about three totally different people here having the same exact conversation about their lives. You've got, you know, a seasoned executive producer in reality TV with a, a ton of years. You have a wellness advocate that's walked down so many different paths. And you have someone like me, a stupid, you know, redneck child from the middle of white America that has the same exact issues. Yeah. You know, we're all talking about the same thing. It's just, you know, in it's, our own scenario. a t-shirt's a t-shirt. Okay. It's just they've got different graphic designs on the front of them. For sure. Yeah. For so sure. That was an Into the yeah. AM plug. I'm wearing long sleeve shirts today. You can go to our website, sponsors, and uh, click on the Into the AM link. They now have flannels, dude. Ooh. I'm getting ready to pick up one. Flannels? I felt like, uh, yeah, dude, old school flannels. I like, I actually like flannels that I can like tie around my waist. For some reason, it's like a fashion statement it is. for me. It feels you very like Dawson's Soundgarden. Creek. I can remember that was cool for like 10 minutes. I don't think it was cool where Gary grew up. Did you ever tie a sweater no. around your waist? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but like, we were like, ah. we'd have like the flannels, depending on like where you live, it would be the dictate which color you would wear. And that's like a West Coast thing. Like, yeah, it was. Bone Thugs and Harmony brought like that West Coast like flavor to Cleveland for a little while. Be like Dickies in a flannel, like, yeah. and we're like, I mean, this isn't really our thing. But you're right though, because uh, I wear flannels now. Yep. all of them. They it wore, was a West Coast yeah, thing. It also, definitely. a lot of the Latino gangs and stuff, yeah. or or um, you know, Marina could tell you about a lot of that. The, the uh, what is it, the Chicano lifestyle? We had an episode um, where she discussed like Chicano culture, mm-hmm. where it came from, and what she does. She's a photographer, runs a booth in Vegas, and um, she does old school like the uh, airbrush style uh, photo sessions That's so from like cool. back in the day. And she has people come from other countries from like Tokyo to get them done. Wow. Um, she's a badass. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah they can look well, good in like like Dickies and like a white t-shirt and some chucks, which are like the cheapest sneakers you can buy. And like, yeah. I was like, they but got they it, look they clean. figured out. Yeah. Like we had to buy expensive shit. Like Timberlands are like 200 bucks and like whatever jeans are hundred. And then, Shirt and then the shirt's obvious shirt that you can't wear it every day. Like they just wrap the white t-shirt every day. That's the problem with a cool shirt. (laughs) 
Cool shirts yeah. can only be worn once in a great while. Otherwise, your friends will fucking annihilate you for it. They wearing that fucking shirt again. <laughs> That's why the basic tees at Into the AM will let you get away with that shit. Look at this. I'm fucking plugging. I never plug. That's why I'm doing this. I'm just being corny now, but it's true. They have like, I realized after a certain age, I love graphic tees. I love to wear them. That's like the, one of the things that is part of my personality. My first opportunity to be authentic. Didn't grow up with them, that kind of thing. But when you get older, I think that there's a time where you don't have to put as much effort into the things that you choose on a day-to-day basis. And the graphic tee is something that you feel in the moment. But you can put on a nice classic tee with just a little logo and wear that with different things, and nobody will ever question it. No. It's almost like your old man uniform. Like, it, there's that guy. We all know, like, what, look, Mark Zuckerberg or whatever. Zuckerberg, like, uh, and and um, the guy from Apple, Lord, I, I just linked on his name. Uh, they all wore, like, shirt. the same Bill thing. Gates. It was, like, a black shirt and jeans. And, yeah. you know, and it, I mean, they're, like, loaded. And money and they're just like too okay. many choices yeah they're like that's one last thing i think about every day i'm like that's smart like we see it yeah, all the time like the dude that wears the suit mm-hmm. classic yeah classic classic yeah. Yeah, i like that is a problem for me shoes yeah me too I stare at you've this wall made it for like a problem so long for me every day. day i love yeah. shoes so, now I find myself walking into the shoe stores a lot more looking at sneakers. Really? Yeah. I stopped for a long time. Then I got around Gary and now I see myself looking at him more. I got a really cool pair for my wife the other day. She really? got me uh, these throwback uh, hip hop edition Nike uh, Air Force Ones. And they have like a little gold microphone on a chain that hangs off the uh, thing. Yeah. That's like, badass. It's dope. That's so like, <laughs> There's something about shoes that just makes you feel so fucking cool. Like I will put on shoes pair, and haircuts. That part, I will. I yeah. will put on a pair of shoes and go to the gym and be like, "You can't tell me nothing. I'm about to lift. I'm about I to can do run some fast. damage. I can... <laughs> I'm in bed. It's got to be the shoes. You know? <laughs> I think it's a socioeconomic thing to a certain degree for me, mm. um, because there's certain things that you can obtain when you're poor, and they're the first levels that you feel happy or feel validated or you're accepted into society. And as a young male uh, growing up for the haircut was a huge thing because it was the only thing you could afford. Like when you did get money, you went and got a haircut. After that, it was what? Shoes. Right. What's after that? Car. Like you didn't care about what a home was going to look like. You put all your time and effort into the first rungs of things that you could afford. And that's the first thing that people notice usually for you. You know, yeah. yeah, they're like, what the hell are you wearing? You know, like, didn't you wear that yesterday? You're like, well, <laughs> it's not like you're going to impress people with your stock portfolio or your fucking Ferrari. It's true. Right. So it's like right. you start Ferrari, yes. grabbing at those things. But haircut stuck with me um, every two weeks. And then shoes, I just, I don't know, you feel cool when you got a cool pair of kicks. I mean, yeah, you walk different. You, you, you really you do. Walk different. You do. I'm telling you what, like, if you see your wife in heels, then you see your wife in chucks. You just be like, "Damn, she looked good both ways." You know, she look good both ways. <laughs> Me in high heels—that's a whole new ball game. Like, yeah, I we probably check that look out. like a velociraptor that just learned to walk. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, bam! Those legs. things are like gotta be impossible. <laughs> You're yeah. so funny, but <laughs> no, I get it. And and you know what? Like you said something about like you know growing up like poor. I remember uh, when we first got like our first like apartment here, like in, in the U.S. And it was all government housing, you know. And so that's it. That's all we had was the apartment. We had the four walls. We didn't have 
a fork, a knife, a spoon, a plate, yep. a pillow, a blanket. We had we curtains had, over the yeah. uh, the cupboard doors no, that we weren't there. That. We have shit, you know what I'm saying? But we were happy as could be. We're like, we got somewhere to be, you know? So it's like, you start getting all these little things, you know? And I just, I remember uh, our first bed. My mom found uh, a bunk bed. Is that how you say bunk bed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We found a bunk bed. And she had the maintenance guy saw the bunk bed in half. So one of our rooms had a bunk bed that was like high up. And then the other one was like low down on the ground. You know what I'm saying? Like we were, we were happy. You know, you talk about that stuff now. And people are like, man, you had a hard life. I'm like, did I though? Like, I didn't notice. I mean, sometimes you did. You Unfortunately, know, I, like, but- I paid too much attention to what I didn't have versus mm-hmm. what I had. Um, the way that I grew up made me focus on what I didn't have. Yeah. Um, with bullies and, mm-hmm. and scenarios, you don't have the opportunity to appreciate things because you're constantly under scrutiny. That part. So right. you you end up creating these false attachments to material things later on in life where you continue to buy things, you continue to hang shit on your wall, you continue to put it up there and then realize at the end of every, you know, purchase, you're just as empty as you were before you got it. Walk around your house with a pen, paper, and a calculator, right? And don't nope. add up the cost. Add up the time. Oof. Do you want to humble yourself quick? Start measuring what that painting on the wall cost you in days, hours, months, whatever it was. It becomes a lot more clear where we're focusing our happiness. Yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. Yeah, I, I, I've, growing up, um, my brother was small. Like he was, he's older. He's two years older than me. But he was shorter and he was skinny. So short, skinny, scrawny, and glasses. So he got uh, picked that's on. my brother. Yeah, he got picked on all the time. And I was taller. I was heftier. Nobody told me nothing. And so my brother would be that. They would bully him because of the way he dressed and stuff like that. And he'd come back home, you know, like with black eye or something, you know. And um, I, you would hear me come out of anywhere in the fucking house going, who? Who messed with you? Yeah. And I was a little sister and I would show up to school. Oh, that's and not I good for be, him. Oh, no. Yeah, nobody course. messed with my brother after that. Don't. Uh, They'd be uh, like, yo, his sister's crazy. Uh-huh. <laughs> you had to go full crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, to, to protect go, like, him. Yeah. If you don't go full yeah. crazy, then he's weak because his sister is handling his battles. Yeah. So you got to look unhinged. That way it's not something that he has any control of. Yes. No, yeah. they're like, she's... I didn't ask her to do that. She's just loco. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Don't fuck with me. It, my mom, my mom laughs. Like, I would, I didn't care. I would, I would walk him to school. I would slap. I, I didn't, I didn't care. I remember my little brother, uh, he had bifocals in like fucking third grade. Um, it was not a good situation for him, but there was this kid on the bus. And all the fights that I got into were always somebody else forcing me to fight because I don't like to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember this kid, uh, Matt, on the school bus where we uh, where we got picked up from apparently was just fucking with my brother. Mm-hmm. And he was in high school and I never would ride the bus. I would catch a ride with a friend or something like that. But I got on the bus that day and I remember... Uh, Walking back there, and that was the first time that, uh, or is the only time I broke a watch with my fist. Mm. I didn't know that that was possible, but he put his hand up in front of his face when I swung at him, and I shattered his watch and then uh, tattooed him for a little while. Wow! Um, and was so ashamed later on. Right? Like he, I didn't feel good about it. No, no, no. because he, he was saying it because somebody was telling him he was a piece of shit. That part. That part. He was just repeating what he was hearing a lot but of times. Yeah. My brother had been affronted. And I wasn't allowed to just say something to the guy. 
Mm-hmm. Where I grew up, I had to go beat his ass or I was a piece of shit. So you go beat his ass and then yeah. you, you know, then he has to go beat somebody else's ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, or maybe I he stops like doing it. That part. I feel mm. like for me, I never, I never got into fights because I'm always the person that can um, diffuse the situation with my words. Same. You know what I'm saying? Like, by the time I'm done talking to you, you're going to wish I smacked the shit out of you. Mm. Instead of saying what I said to you. That's so true. <laughs> I was always, I've always been that, I'm still that person. You know what I'm saying? Until this day. I do boxing. Don't get me wrong. I, I, could, I could throw down. But it doesn't mean that that's what I want to. I just, I like to train Nobody for life. good after you know? a fight. Everybody, you get a stretched out collar on your shirt. Yeah. Never look good. Yeah. Even the winner doesn't ever look good. No. Like, it doesn't work out. Like, I'm yeah. okay with not engaging yeah. in it. And just like you said, either diffusing it with my words or just letting you stand there and bark at a fence post while I walk away. That part. I just don't have time to engage just with Look people. at all humans as wearing a straight jacket. Yeah. And you won't give a fuck no. what they're saying to you. And yeah. you're like, that's really sad. Yeah. Like you're yelling whatever words or epithets or whatever it is, but nobody, if you put them in a straight jacket, you just be like, yeah. Yeah. But, that's how it is. But that takes practice. It that does. takes practice. And that that's all mental, right? That's all well, mindset. You got to be in love with yourself to the point that anything that they say doesn't hit a backboard. Like you yeah. have no target. No. That's a very hard place to be for some people. Very. It's actually the easiest place to be, but that's a whole nother I episode. feel like you're so right, though. I, I remember there was a situation at my previous job. I worked at the hospital for 16 years, and I never came across like a upper management type of person that like I didn't get along with. I, w- I was always that person. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a hard worker. Like, I will work anyone, which is great and bad at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so I remember there was a situation, and it, I was just like, and I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. Like, I've never been in, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? Like, they just didn't like me. It was just like, I walked in, it was just that moment they decided, mm. I don't like you. And, you know, a lot of, like I said, you know, a lot of times when you don't like something about someone, it's because it's something that reflects onto you, you know? It's like that mirror mm. holding onto yourself. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went and I had a conversation with the, the human resources or whatever. And then I went back and I talked to that manager and I said, listen, we, we need to have a conversation. And I said, um, you don't have to like me, but you need to respect me. And vice versa. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, we spend more time at work than we do at home. There has to be some type of peace here. You know, and I explained what I was feeling. And and it took her by surprise because people are used to being talked to and like yelled at and not talked to. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, let's just have a conversation. Like, I want to understand why we're like water and oil right now. You know what I'm saying? And 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 we were able to coincide because I had that conversation with her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, listen, I went and I, I made a report. I'm not trying to get you in trouble. I just I just needed my my two cents to be put in there because I refuse to be made something that I'm not. But I want to know how we can move forward from this because we work together each and every single day. So how can we... And and that that's really hard for people to do like in jobs, in relationships. I don't sit on shit. No, I'm going to tell you. And I'm not going to yell it at you. I'm not going to curse at you. I'm not going to belittle you. But we should be able to have a conversation to say like, hey, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, Don't keep me in an uncomfortable situation. No. I do not do well. No. I will. That is one thing that I've learned is that I cannot stew. You can't force me to be in a situation for a long period of time 
for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like that just makes no sense to me. These people that like to marinate in it, live in it, become a scenario. Fuck that. No. We're going to have this out right now. We're going to yeah. discuss it. It doesn't need to be a fucking fist fight. It doesn't need to be all this. But right now, you're screwing with my energy and my area. Leave me the alone. Yeah. Spit it out. That's what I'd say. Just spit it out. Whatever it is. Yeah. You're probably wrong. All like, right. We're <laughs> and right. let's get to it. Yeah. yeah it's fucking... What do I care at that point? There's nothing to lose. Yeah, no. I think we could do this all night. Yes. <laughs> and um, I definitely want to have you back. Yes. I'm super I'm happy that. that you're local and you're a creator. So, you know, I'd love to to work on some stuff together. Yes. Um, next time Gary's here, you'll have to come in and meet him. Yes. Actually, he's coming next week. Are you? Yeah. Are you bringing all I your shoes should be with there. you? <laughs> like 13 pairs. You bring what? 13 pairs. 13 pairs? Well, That's a lucky number. Thirteen is your lucky yeah. number. Well, actually, I'll just bring. I'm bringing an extra suitcase because <laughs> there's some shoe stores I haven't gone to I love around that. there that I would like to go to. <laughs> yeah, it's too funny. Um, yeah. Why don't Why don't you take a moment tell people where they can find you? Sure. Um, get your services and you know see what you're all about. Of course, of course. So you could definitely find me on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and TikTok. Those are like my three main things. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's other platforms. That's too. That's, that's a lot right many. now. It's too many. Um, but you can find me under Angelica Lara, so mm-hmm. L-A-R-A, or you can find me on almost all of them under Angelica, period, La, so L-A, period, Colombiana. Angelica, La Colombiana. Like, I will rep where I'm from. Like, when, unless you be around you in Colombia, we're like, hey, you're Colombia. <laughs> like, that's just it, Fine with me. My wife's <laughs> Colombian. I knew what I signed up for. She's Colombian and Italian. Her parents are both uh, immigrants. And they're the both of those are very yes. proud to say great food to too. oh my god yes great people anyway so uh you can find me on any of those platforms uh as a wellness coach i love to help people find the better version of themselves and become the better version of themselves and own that better version of themselves not mm. just on a physical aspect but on a mental aspect you know what i'm saying uh giving them the opportunity to become who they are and to feel safe in becoming that the, the, a lot of people don't so they, they don't become themselves because they don't feel safe. Give them a judgment-free zone. That part. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, you're like, we're all human and I want to be able to help you, you know? And a lot of times it's not even anything to do with physical and more to do with men- mindset. And so making that connection for people, you know, I'm also like being a wellness coach, um, you know, I don't want people to come up to me and 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 think that I'm like, I'll take the red pill or take the blue pill and things are just going to work out. This is not the matrix. This is not how this is going to happen. You know, like, yeah, I am a coach that is going to expect some work out of you and expect actions and not just words. Well, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Right. But, you know, people have a hard yeah, time with that do. because they're used to being babied. And that's fine. I'm not saying that like, Maybe that's where you're at and maybe someone needs to have a conversation with you and let you know like what needs to take place, which is action. Can't win a race from the victim chair. Uh, that part, that part. But, you know, a lot of times people don't even realize that they're in that victim mentality. Nonetheless. It's so comfortable. They are. They are. And that's because they're used to the lies. So when they're telling themselves the truth, it feels like the lie. Mm. So, um, you know, definitely uh, you can find me on any of those platforms. Please reach out. I love Absolutely. having conversations with people. Uh, if, if you're dealing with alopecia and you don't know how to move forward with that, I'd love to talk to you. I've, I've helped women come to terms with it. I've helped women shave their heads. I've, I've, I've had conversations with cancer patients that thought I had cancer too. And it just opened up a friendship that I was not even expecting. But I, I dearly just 
was grateful and am grateful for. Um, you know, it's we're just all out here trying to become the best version of ourselves. You know, things happen for a reason, right? Yeah. And you say you find yourself speaking to people with cancer a lot mm-hmm. that are going through this situation where they're losing their hair for radiation, chemo, and things like that. You know, maybe, just maybe, your reason for not having hair is not for anything but to be someone to show that people with cancer, that it's not something that is debilitating. Yeah. That it is just a normal scenario Mm -hmm. and that's the least of their worries. That part. And it doesn't even have to be something as drastic as cancer. Well, yeah, for whatever yeah, reason, yeah. But I, I, but I do feel like a lot of times that's that's a, a problem that a lot of people deal with, whether it be men or women, because alopecia affects both. It's right. not ju- it's not just women. It's not just men. Let's get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But people want to 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 put people in boxes. Alopecia you know got a lot of advertisement after the slap heard yeah. around the world. Oh my gosh. Listen, I won't even go into that because people called me like I was the expert. They're like, oh my God. So what do you feel? I'm like, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Like I can tell you about alopecia, but that was something else. Yeah. That that was a cause and effect. That yeah, let's not let's not get into that. I don't, I don't, I don't believe like that's not. So yeah, definitely that. Like I, I just love to talk about growth and I love to talk about mindset and I love to talk about overcoming because we're all trying to do all of that in one. Mm-hmm. in all aspects of our lives in different areas. And your struggles are not any less than mine and my struggles are not any more than yours. Your story is important and owning who you are is extremely important. People hide behind that. I just want people to have the freedom and, and, and feel liberated enough to own who they are and share it if they want to in whatever way they see fit. Um, so yeah, you can definitely find me on any of those. If you are local in the Tampa, Clearwater, Riverview, any of these areas, I'd love to invite you to one of our free fit camps. Awesome. Um, you know, so you can come out and feel that energy and feel the the, the vibe and uh, shoot, just say hi to me. Maybe you just want to see my face. You know, I'm, I'm willing to... I, you know? <laughs> I don't see why they wouldn't. You have great energy and great person. <laughs> Gary, you got anything you want to wrap up with? Any questions before we go? No, I think... Uh... I've already thought of things that I could do to improve my day-to-day situation. So, you know, usually I'm a little skeptical, uh, as Jay will tell you, uh, when wellness coaches and life coaches, because it becomes such a business. And then there's so many people that just get into it because they think they can make money. So until I meet someone and talk to them, I guess I'm a little skeptical about that kind of thing. And then within two seconds, I could tell that you're not that type of person. That's why I was saying earlier when, you know, I'm skeptical when somebody like is overly nice. I can usually tell if they're scamming me. But Bingo. with you, I don't think, I think like it's pretty, pretty quick that they're like, you know, this person's not that type of person. You know, it's, I'm, I've been wrong a few times, but usually I'm right. I'm like, all right, here comes the sales pitch right behind the hug or the, the compliment. But like with, your I, um, that part. Yeah, I'm glad to see like, Jay's really good at finding the guests that aren't like that. This so, is Caroline. Uh, She's really good. She's really good, too. Yeah. Caroline, take a bow. Yeah. Angelica has been around for a while, so she actually more so found us. She's been listening and tuning in, so, like, this is almost, like, her thing. She was, like, right on it. She was, like, absolutely, I would love it. Like, she responded the same way she's been talking this whole time. She's just awesome. That's how she is. That's what we need. Oh. You're being a lighthouse. Thank you. I appreciate that. My thing, I usually wrap up with the uh, the description. The lighthouse doesn't need to do anything but be a lighthouse to help others. Um, and in order to help others, you have to be the best you that you can be. 
Nothing more, nothing less. You don't need to be anybody else. You don't need to wear a mask. You don't need an ego. You don't need a, anything but what you feel most inclined to do when you get up every single day. Right. Um, you feel like high-fiving somebody in Target? They probably need it. Yeah. There's a reason why you felt inclined to do that, even if they look like whatever. Five bucks, had you done it, you might have changed the entire scenario or might end up talking to them yeah. or just gave them a left turn when they should have had a right turn or right. something like that. It's so minuscule, but it has such an impact. It's rocks in a pond. You throw a rock in a pond, what happens? It's waves. Yes. And they don't stop. No. They keep going. I agree. I agree. Thank you guys for saying that. I appreciate it. For me, you know, I, I believe like the money is the bonus, but the impact, that's what I strive for. <laughs> If you're doing it for money, then you're never going to be happy. No, that's just the money's a byproduct. That part. It, money comes to you to help you continue to be you. Is it? That's all it does. It's it like a pipe. Yeah. You unclog a pipe. If money was water and you remove that clog by giving it away all the time, it's going to continue to fill. Mm -hmm. It's going to keep coming because you have opened up a conduit for it to find its way. I agree. I feel like money gives you, just buys you better experiences. Yeah. You know, just, it buys you better experiences. But either way, I appreciate the the time and the opportunity to sit here with you guys and to exchange ideas, you know, um, and just have that open forum, uh, judgment-free um, to, to just be and be present. I so. love it. Caroline, you got anything we want to wrap up on? Um, yeah, so that I know you printed me that sheet, but I left it in my truck and I sold my truck, you guys. So oh, I yeah. have that sheet. No more trucks. But with truck. our that affiliates, uh, you know, we have Riverside. That's how we get such great quality. So thank you guys. And um, of course, into the A, and you kind of already hit that plug. And to all the listeners, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, you can find us there. You can find Angelica. Uh, you have her tags, where to find her, get all of her good info. Um, and yeah, listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we've got video on there now. Like, too. share, subscribe, review, do all that stuff. Do it all, do it all, but because you love it. So, that's I appreciate it. that. Thank you. All right. Remember, everybody, thank you again for coming in. Be cool and keep learning. Thank you.